0: Well, I guess that's called what's called getting ambushed by by God, huh? <laughs> Ooh. I don't think I had a specific thing, but I still was getting blessed. <laughs> I didn't have something that just popped in my mind and but God was just letting the overflow hit me. Uh it's it's so it's so powerful when we when we when we use the power of the kingdom of God. One of the great powers you have is to forgive. One of the greatest powers you have that Jesus has given you is to have a, something that's horrible happen to you. And allow the greatness of who Jesus is and what he's done bring victory in your life through forgiveness. See, forgiveness is victory. It is It is like a a victory celebration. Jesus is like, yeah, (laughs) that's what I died for. That's what I died for, forgiveness, so that everyone could experience it, everyone could give it. It wasn't just so we could experience it, it was so we could give it. What does Jesus say? You forgive as you've been forgiven, or the Apostle Paul, or both of them. Forgive as you've been forgiven. What does Jesus say to the one, the woman who's washing his feet with her hair and, uh, says, one who's been forgiven much loves much. Man, what if when I forgive people, I'm releasing the love of God to work in their lives? I don't know. You know, I have a whole different message that we're not doing right now. <laughs> My wife just said amen. If you're a guest, uh, we love to worship Jesus, uh, and so we, we love, you know, in the pre- being in the presence of God is what changes everything, and we're still in the presence of God, whether you're hearing the word, whether you're singing His praises, uh, being with God is what changes you. Like you have to, I get it, God's everywhere, we know that. But that's not the same as being with God, that's God being with you. (laughs) You being with God is you acknowledging his presence and responding to him. You saying, okay, Lord, I I know you're doing something right now in my life. And the good news is, he doesn't just do it at like from 10 to 12 on Sundays. There's just not like a two hour period you gotta show up at this time. If you don't, then you're gonna miss out. You gotta wait till next week. The, his presence has been opened up. That's the old, that's the old testament. That's the old covenant. When you had to come at certain times and certain ways and certain places, the new covenant is now, whew, it's open wide. Now the, the presence of God, the very, the very relationship with God that we can have that, that all the people in the scriptures who we go, oh, that would have been amazing. He's saying, no, this is amazing. You can now know me just like Moses. You can know me like Elijah. You can know me like Peter. You can know me like the Apostle Paul. There's no limitations now because we're all coming in the same way through the blood of Jesus. And because Jesus covers you, you're worthy. You're worth e. You're worthy to enter God's presence. not only is he worthy, you're worthy. It's a different different thing, <laughs> but Jesus decided that you were worth his blood. He decided that it was worth it for him to go through agony and suffering for you. That's the good news. And because of that, he says, you can receive all of who I am and what I've done into your life. And it's going to continue to work as long as you're breathing on earth. It's going to continue to work. The blood of Jesus is continuing to work in your life every breath you take. Every second of the day, every moment of every minute, every day, every week, every hard time, every good time, he is at work. He is working to release The power of his blood, his death and resurrection in your life. It's even better when you receive it and accept it and welcome it. (laughs) But even if you don't, he's still at work. He's like, he doesn't give up. He's like that guy that just won't get off the doorstep trying to sell you something. With the orange sign on your, you know, (laughs) that they want to put on your front yard or whatever. (laughs) Not naming names, but (laughs) Jesus is always at work because his father was always at work. You know, I was planning to talk about, once again, we were talking about the warnings of Jesus And we'll, we'll get back to that, not next week, because Pastor Mark's preaching. I know what he's preaching on. You want to know what it is? Come back next week. (laughs) You don't want to miss it. He already told me what he's preaching on, so I'll know if he changed the message when he preaches it next week, if he changed his mind. But, uh, he, he's got, he's got a good word, uh, that I believe is coming from next week. But, one of the other warnings of Jesus that, that, uh, I want to just briefly mention, and I have to find it because I wasn't planning to to talk about it, um, is when he warns them to beware of the yeast or the leaven of the Pharisees. So if anybody finds that scripture um, on the front row... <laughs> Who's looking it up with their phone <laughs> I know I, he's he's looking Matthew 16 when they got when they Matthew 16 we'll start in verse 5 we'll just read this section it's also in Luke 2 um, somewhere when they went across the lake the disciples forgot to take bread and so this is one of the other times where Jesus says, "Be careful, watch out." Babe, this is a quick message. Uh, be on your guard against the yeast of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. I know I preached on this before. So that's they discuss this among themselves and says and said, "It's because we didn't bring any bread." Aware of their discussion, Jesus asked, "Oh you of little faith." <laughs> Jesus had a big smile on his face, I believe, when he said that. He was just like, you little faith. Why are you talking among yourselves about having no bread? Do you still not understand? Don't you remember the five loaves for the 5,000 and how many basketfuls you gathered? Or the seven loaves for the 4,000 and how many basketfuls you gathered? How is it that you don't understand that I was not talking to you about bread? But be on your guard against the yeast of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Then they understood that he was not telling them to guard against the yeast used in bread, but against the teaching of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Now, who are the Pharisees and the Sadducees? I don't know why you want to be a Sadducee, because it's... Because you're sad, you see, right? That's an old joke from growing up in church, okay? Um, I always wondered that as a kid. I mean, Pharisees sounded kind of, you know, that could be interesting, but I don't want to be a see. Whatever that is, it sounds bad. It's just one of those words, you, you know, you don't use that to name your kid, you know, John, Sadducee, Wymore. I mean, just just because it's in the Bible doesn't mean you should use it for a name, okay? Just for those of you who haven't had kids yet, um, uh, don't do that. Um, but basically, the, the Pharisees and the Sadducees had two things that were that were key in their lives. Number one is, is uh, the Pharisees were totally trusting in themselves to get to heaven. They were basing their relationship with God on how well they carried out all the rules. Now, some people think that's what being a Christian is. I mean, there's whole sections of the church that that's the way they live their life, where it's it's all about I am acceptable to God when I'm going to church, when I'm doing the right thing, and when I'm not doing the bad stuff that I'm not supposed to do. And you feel better about your relationship with God when you're doing good. And you feel bad about your relationship with God when you're not doing good. That's how you know that you're living like a Pharisee. (laughs) Is if you feel good when you're doing all the right things, and you feel bad when you're doing all the wrong things, and that's your barometer, that's your thermometer with your relationship with God, you might be a Pharisee. (laughs) You might have the heart, the teaching of the Pharisee influencing your mindset and relationship with God. And Jesus says, hey, guess what? It's just like yeast. It only takes a little bit. You know, my brother referenced that in the video about the good things. See, Jesus used yeast for good and bad. Um, you know, when you, when you make bread, unless you're making flat bread, unleavened bread, that's not going to rise at all. you you got to put the yeast in. You Then you let it kind of, you mix it in. And then you let it settle a little bit because as, as it settles, it kind of, it does something, and so that's what happens with the idea of the teaching of the Pharisees. It it, it tries to come in and get in get in my heart, and then it, it then it sometimes gets mixed up in there. And then it, the really bad part is when it settles, when it just kind of sets it place, and then it begins to grow. It begins to rise. It begins to Manifest itself and take effect in our lives. And so Jesus says. Hey watch out. Watch out that you don't get a heart like this. Watch out that you don't get sucked in. To something that's not for me. I mean. The Pharisees thought they had everything right with God. They knew the Bible really well. But when God himself showed up. They didn't recognize him. And in fact. They decided to kill him. They were so against what Jesus was bringing when Jesus brought the truth. He showed up and said, "I, I am. I am the truth. I am this. I am the bread. I am. I'm the bread of life. I am the light of the world. He's either crazy or he's the Lord, right? He's either smoking in Oregon or Colorado or wherever you can smoke legally He's on something because no one, you can't, you can't just say, I kind of like Jesus. He's either got to be Lord or he's, he's, he's crazy. And when Jesus showed to the Pharisees, because their hearts were so consumed with this belief that they were the ones who were responsible for their salvation, when Jesus showed up and said, I'm responsible for your salvation, they didn't want to give up their the idol of themselves in their life. And he says also, beware against the teaching of the Sadducees. Now, the Sadducees were a whole... The Pharisees and the Sadducees also kind of got into it. They liked to fight too. They were like... They liked to have religious debates. They liked to... Uh, and we, one of the reasons we know this... Is because later on in the book of Acts, when Paul is arrested, they bring him before the Sanhedrin, which is the the Jewish, uh, you know, Jewish ruling lead, religious leaders, and there were Sadducees and Pharisees there. And he got the house divided because he grew up a Pharisee, and he said, and he shouted something. He said, "I'm here because I believe in the resurrection of the dead." And that's one of, the, one of the things that the Pharisees and the Sadducees thought about. See, the Sadducees didn't believe in anything supernatural. They only believed in the natural world. They didn't believe there was a supernatural element to God. That's one of their core beliefs. They didn't believe in the resurrection. We know they didn't believe in angels. We know they didn't believe in, in like miracles and, and, you know, God intervening. You know, they, they, had a, they had a belief in God where God's there, but He can't do anything on earth. And so, when Paul shouted, hey guys, I'm here because I believe in the resurrection of the dead. He was talking about Jesus being raised from the dead. He was not lying. And it, then it said, the Pharisees started arguing with the Sadducees. Hey, maybe an angel appeared to him. Maybe, maybe God spoke to him. And the Sadducees are like, the angels don't appear and God doesn't speak to us anymore. We can't hear the voice of God. And Jesus says, hey, beware of these two teachings, these two influences that try to come in your life and move you away from jesus because that's what those things do they want to move you away from the one who gives life so anything that brings you into the bondage of legalism or just keeping the rules Doesn't mean you're going to just do all the bad stuff. No. It's like when you have a relationship with Jesus, he changes your heart and your mind. You think differently. You actually want things differently. You're a different person. And so you don't do those things anymore. You don't have to try as hard not to do them because you've been freed from them. You've been delivered. You're not in bondage. You're not a slave like the slaves came out of Egypt. You're now a son or a daughter of the king. But these two teachings are still out there. They're still influencing the church. Whether that's, oh, God isn't really speaking today. He's not doing miracles today. He's not doing supernatural, you know, encounters today. That you know, that's all. That was all just for a certain time. You know, God, he doesn't do that. He doesn't need that anymore because we have the Bible. So we don't need that anymore. It's like the Bible's pointing to say, hey, God does that stuff. No, but we have the Bible instead. It's like, well, that doesn't really make sense. Well, that's what happens when you read the Bible, is you start going, that doesn't make sense. So guard your heart against anything that would shut down the reality of Jesus in your life. Whether it's legalism, whether it's religious bondage, whether it's the spirit of religion that would try to beat you down. I mean, that's the other thing the Pharisees did, is is Jesus said, you know, when he... If you read Matthew 23, um, the whole chapter, it's like Jesus screaming at the Pharisees. He's like going, I mean, he calls them like names. He's like, you snakes. How will you escape the fires of hell? This gentle Jesus, meek and mild, <laughs> screaming at the Pharisees. You know, I mean, he's basically saying, look, you son-, he calls them the sons of the devil. And we know it has to be good because it's Jesus. <laughs> That's what Jesus thinks about anything that gets us sucked into being a Pharisee because we produce the fruit of the enemy in our lives rather than the fruit of righteousness All right, we're going to stop there. That's all I have cuz I wasn't prepared to talk about that. So So let's stand. God's God's done a lot in us today. And now we're gonna go celebrate. We're gonna, we're gonna celebrate and eat together. We're gonna to fellowship. If you are a guest, please, please eat something. We've got so much food that we need somebody to help us eat it. And just as Jesus said when he fed the 5,000, let nothing be wasted. So I'm gonna take that literally and allow myself not to let any of it be wasted. But I want to pray for just the, these influences in our lives, that they would have no hold in us. Father, I just pray right now in the name of Jesus that the, the fruit and the teaching of the Pharisees and the Sadducees, however it manifests itself in modern times, will not settle in our hearts. Jesus, we want what you want in our hearts. And we choose to read your warning label. It says this stuff is going to try to come in and work its way slowly into our lives. And we won't realize it at first, but it's going to begin to influence everything we do, everything we think, everything we feel. And so right now, God, we renounce any agreement with the Pharisee spirit or the Sadducee spirit. We align ourselves with the Holy Spirit, with the word of God, the truth of God. The goodness of God, the peace of God, the joy of God, everything that's from you, that your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, in our hearts and in our minds, in our mouths, Lord, in our dreams, in our desires, manifest your kingdom, will, and desire in Jesus' name. Bless this meal that we're about to, about to share together. Lord, that we can just celebrate your goodness and how you brought us freedom in our hearts today. In Jesus name. Everybody say, it. amen. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah.